ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking in Nehemiah 10. Nehemiah 10. As people have gotten right with God, they're wanting to take it a step further. They're getting really serious. So we're Nehemiah 10. I'm going to pick up in verse 28. So if you want to look at verse 28, it says, Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, uh, Nehemiah, all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the lands of the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding, these joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God, his ordinances, his statutes. We would not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. If the peoples of the land brought wares, any grain to sell on the Sabbath day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or a holy day. We would forgo the seventh year's produce and the exacting of every debt. We'll move down to verse 39. It says, For the children of Israel, the children of Levi, shall bring the offering of the grain of the new wine, the oil, to the storerooms, where the articles of the sanctuary are where the priests who minister at the gatekeepers and the singers are, and will not neglect the house of God. And let's just take a moment and pray. Lord, bless us as we study. Give us wisdom here. and Help each of us, Lord, be able to truly make commitments and covenants that's going to further our relationship and walk with you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, I heard a story about a, a truck, uh, uh, a bus driver. He, he was working for a a company, and uh, anyway, there he he became missing. Him and the bus, they were missing. Uh, they were from I think it was New York, New York Transit Company, and they end up finding him and the bus in Miami. He said this. He said it was like this. He said one day the last passenger got off, and I'm just tired of the cold. I'm tired of people. I was. Uh, I was just tired of all of that. He said, and so I just asked myself what would happen if I just kept driving. And so he did. And he made it all the way down in Florida because he said he just wanted to enjoy the beach for a whole week. Well, you know, sometimes as we look at our lives, we look at our priorities and we just say things aren't lining up. We're not a comp. There's many people that say, you know, I'm just, I'm not accomplishing much. I don't think my life has meaning or purpose. You know, a relationship with Christ. Jesus has come so that you can have meaning, so that you can have purpose. Part of having abundant life is just that. It's having an assurance, and it's having a peace, and it's having a purpose in your life. And so I think it's time for many of us just to stop and to ask yourself what really is important. And to be able to make a fresh commitment. And so part of what was taking place here is that people gather and say, we need to make a, a fresh commitment and being able to honor God and making some priorities. And so they entered into a, as they looked at God's word, they entered into a new covenant. But let's just break it down in three different aspects or areas of our, of our lives. For example, honoring God at home. Then honoring God at work, and honoring God at church. So honoring God at home, 
honoring God at home. You know, it's important that we have a right foundation and that we do so at home. There's three institutions that were given to us by God. Marriage, that's the first institution given to us by God. And he said that a man would leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife. And so it is the first institution and it is the key to the other institutions. If you want to have a strong nation, you want to have a strong community, a strong church, you need to be able to have strong families. You don't think Satan knows this? You don't think that the family is under attack? It's being redefined of what family is or what a marriage is? Sure, because Satan knows if he can destroy the family, it's the foundational institution and he everything else will begin to collapse. And so Satan's at work to be able to try to destroy families. Uh, by the way, the other institution, church, government, three institutions that, that God has established, government to be able to help uh, protect people, be able to help make sure justice takes place, an instrument used by God, the church to be able to help people, to bring people to God. And, and so those three institutions and the family and marriage is the is the, 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 the one that's the foundation. And by the way, Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians 6, he tells us not to be unequally yoked to an unbeliever. And we see that them taking a stand saying, you know what, we've got to be careful about letting our uh, children marry foreigners. And it wasn't a prejudice. It was because of religion. It was because of relationship they wanted to be able to have a foundation. Marriage is a foundation. The family is a foundation. And so for a Christian foundation to be laid, you need to have another Christian. We need to, Christians need to marry. Christians need to date other Christians. So who should I date? If you're a Christian, you need to date another Christian. Well, this person's good looking. I'm not opposed to you dating somebody good looking. I don't think God's opposed to you dating someone good looking. This person's rich. Fine. Are they a Christian? What is their relationship with God? More important than their looks. More important than how much money they have is, do they know Christ? And if you're a Christian, and if you're a couple, then you want to be on the same page. You're going to be different. Usually opposites attract. But one thing that you need is that foundation, and that is a Christian. Uh, that is your relationship with God. Being, and, and so it's going to make a difference. How you give your money, how you spend your money, your priorities, it all matters. And so if you're not a Christian, if you're too, a Christian and non-Christians, it's going to be a different perspective and the foundation's wrong. So if we're going to honor God at home, we need to lay the foundation and it starts in our marriage. Now, let's just say that somebody says, well, it's too late. You know, I've already married. And I've got I've married a non-Christian. You know, First Peter chapter three is a passage that deals just with that. And so when you look at First Peter chapter three, Peter talks about he tells a wife, uh, "How is it that you're going to win your lost husband?" And he said, "You know, it's not words; 
It's actually your actions. It's the things that you do. Remember listening to Ed Young one time and him saying, uh, he's pastor at Second Baptist in Houston, and him saying that he was out one day and this lady came up to him and said, hey, my husband hates you. He's like, uh, do I know you? Do I know your husband? No, he's never met you before. But she said, every Sunday you come on TV and I turn it up as loud as it can go. He's like, ma'am, don't do that. That's not how you're going to win your husband. No, you do it with your actions. You do it over time. Chapter 7, or verse 7 of chapter 3, is a verse he, he mentions with men and, and, and husbands. But one of the things he mentions at the end of that, he says, so that your prayers be not hindered. And so... If I refuse to be able to take God's advice on how to win my mate, then basically I am a hindrance to my own prayer. So if I say, you know, I'm not going to win them. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not going to do what God says. I'm not going to be submissive or I'm not going to do the things that God says. And God says, you know, you're standing in the way of actually being able to be a witness, and, a, and you're standing in the way of your prayers being answered. Now listen, I'm going to take that to another degree. Because if you're a Christian, and you're not treating your wife as a husband, or even as a wife, if you're not treating your husband like the Bible says, but then I'm trying to witness to my children, I'm trying to witness to my neighbor, or another family member, or a co-worker, and they know that I'm not being faithful in my marriage, or they know that I'm not treating my spouse right. I'm saying you are the reason you're a hindrance to your prayers. You're a hindrance to your witness. And so honoring God at home, listen to this, means having a Christian foundation. It means being a Christian witness. And it starts at home in my relationship. And was that I get that relationship right, it enhances my witness. So my marriage is a reflection. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 5. is a reflection of Christ and his love for the church. And so whenever I do not love my wife properly as a husband, then I am affecting my witness and it creates doubt on whether Christ, how much he really loves the church. But when I do it properly, then it enhances that witness. And so honoring God at home for Christians is having a Christian foundation. It's having a Christian witness. And, uh, and then it's leaving a Christian heritage. And, and I love what's taking place in Nehemiah. People are concerned and they're trying to get things right because they want to honor God and they want to be able to have a difference with their families. And you don't think that God wants to have a difference, make a difference with your family? In, in Malachi, the Lord's upset with people. And why is he upset? He's upset because they have abandoned their Christian marriage, or their, they've abandoned their marriages. He said, you have left the wife of your youth, taken up with a foreign, someone that's not a Christian, 
And he said, don't you understand? I want godly offspring. Godly offspring. I, that's how come I want a Christian foundation because I want you to teach your children about me. I want godly offspring. It goes along with what uh, was taught in the book of De Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6. And there in, uh, well, verse 4 is, is the Shema. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then he says this, And these words which I command you shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. He's saying, I want you to have an impact on your children. He wants us to be authentic, to be real, and for us to be able to have an influence that makes a difference with the next generation, and that's a heritage. And so honoring God at home is laying a Christian foundation, is having a Christian witness, and is being uh, leaving a Christian heritage. Now, these individuals, it wasn't just home, though. They wanted to honor God. That's where it starts. Many times as Christians, it's the last place where you honor God is home. But that's where it starts. But then it goes off. It, it continues at the workplace. And so notice, they when they conducted business, it wasn't just about making money. It was about honoring God more than anything else. And so they didn't do business on the Sabbath because they said, you know what? We want people to know we're honoring God. And when people come wanting to be able to do that, we say, no, it's not about how much money that you can make. It's about doing it the right way and pleasing and honoring God with what we do. And so they wanted to honor God at work. Now, that means that we're going to be able to, to honor God means we're going to be... Uh, uh, obedient to him. We're going to be honest. We're going to be hard workers, not lazy. We're going to be obedient. I know one fellow had said there was a guy that that said that would be uh, slack in his duties. and He would try to get other people to do his job because he said, hey, I'm going to go and talk to this person about Christ. And he said he was ended up doing more damage as a Christian because he didn't pull his weight. People thought of him as lazy, and they didn't want to hear what he had to say. You know what? Honoring God at works means being obedient to God, and it means doing the job correctly. I always told my children, if you're going to work for somebody, they're going to pay you. You earn that wage. Don't be lazy. Earn the wage. And so... That's what the people decided to do. They wanted to honor God. Now, they did it by being obedient. They also did it. They worked when they were supposed to work, but then they took time to rest. You see, a lot of times we can be workaholics, but here they took the Sabbath off. God knew that people needed to be able to have a time of rest so that to keep them from becoming workaholics, take time, 
Give your body rest. Take time to be with your family. Take time to be able to make sure your priorities are right. So it's not about greed. It's one way to keep greed from controlling and dominating you. So they wanted to honor God at work. Well, honoring God at work also meant taking time for rest and taking time for worship. And so that's how come they wanted to honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath is about a time also of worship, of being able to focus upon God. I'm going to be able to do a better job at work of being staying focused upon honoring God even at work and being able to think uh, spiritually even at work when I've taken time to be able to worship regularly. And so that's what the people were doing was they were, uh, they, 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 they made a Sabbath a priority. So they made a covenant. We're going to honor God at home. We're going to honor God at work and we're going to honor him at work even with the Sabbath. And notice then that they wanted to honor God at church. Now, listen, they made a commitment here. We're going to make sure uh, uh, that we, uh, we're going to make sure that we honor the Lord at his house. We're going to, we're going to, which means being there. Now, let me just say about three things about, uh, about church. I had someone not long ago ask me, how do you find a good church? What's the one thing that you want to be able to look for in being able to find a good church? And, and I said, you know, the first thing, it needs to be a place of truth. It's a place where God's word is taught, where God's word is made a priority. And, and so when you're looking for a church, you're looking for a church that preaches and teaches the Word of God. And so the preacher, whenever he, he, he ha, he's using the Bible, he's using, you can tell the principles, the points, they come from the Bible. It's a place of truth. They stand morally for what is right. It's not a place of compromise. It's a place of truth. And so you want to be able to be at a place where they stay in God's Word because God's Word has an impact upon us. It's powerful, and it's uh, if you want your children to be saved, you want it to be a place. If you're preaching God's Word, you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to be able to bring people back to Christ. And so you want to make sure that it's a place where your children have uh, an opportunity to hear about Christ. And the Holy Spirit's able to work and, and bring them maybe to the point, hopefully, where they make that decision. And so you're looking for a place then of truth. Not just a place of truth, but it's a place of worship. It's a place which lifts up Jesus Christ. The songs, they're Christ-centered. They're God-centered. They're gospel-centered. It's a place of worship. Jesus is lifted up. God is. He deserves, worship is about being worthy, and God is worthy of our worship. And so it's a place where, uh, where worship takes place. The songs are about God, where people are, are challenged. And thirdly, it's a place of service. It's a place of service. It's a place in which we are able to, to give 
And listen, part of what they were doing here, they were making a commitment to being able to keep up the house of God. And they were making a commitment to being able to give. They were making a commitment to being able to serve. And so it's it's about giving. We give. Uh, the Bible Throughout the Bible, we're, it, it challenges God's people to give. And uh, we we encourage people to start with tithing. And a tithe means a tenth, being able to give a tenth. But it's a place not just giving as far as money. It's a place where you're involved in ministry. You're involved in trying to help other people. And ultimately, you're trying to help lead other people to Christ. You're trying to make an, an eternal difference, a difference in the kingdom of God, a difference in heaven. You're trying to make a difference as far as people coming out of sin and being able to uh, come into righteousness. You're trying to make a difference in, 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 people's, uh, uh, in people's lives and the decision that young people make. And so it's a place of service. It's a place where you reach out to those that are in need. It's a place where you reach out and, and, and help young people to be able to know the truth and help them in their decision. It's a place where you reach out to people that that find themselves unwed mothers so that they can help them to be able to do the right things and keep that child and to be able to uh, to make it. It's a place where you help people to, to find jobs, a place where you help people just to want to do and do what's right. It's a place of service. It's a place where you reach out to to the elderly, you make sure that they're treated right and not neglected. And so uh, it's a place of service. It's a place in which we come and we do things to be able to spread the gospel and we work together and there is a role. The Holy Spirit has gifted each of us and we each take, uh, take that seriously. And so as these people entered into a covenant, it broke down to that, a covenant in which they were going to honor God at home they were going to honor God at work. They were going to honor God at church. What about you? Is your relationship with Christ, are you honoring Him at home? Are you honoring Him at church? Are you honoring where you work at? The Lord wants you to be a leader. And a Christian leader is a person that is willing to put their faith into practice. It starts at home, continues at work, church. God wants us to be authentic, not hypocrites. He wants us to be real. You know, it's amazing when you look through the New Testament at the one another passages of Scripture because we're not to do it by ourselves. We're to do it together. and We're to encourage and help each other. We're to pray for one another. We're to exhort one another. We're to serve one another. Sometimes we're, we're not as strong as we need to be. We need others to help us to, to, during that time. And sometimes we slip and fall. We need somebody to help to pick us up. We're to love one another and help us to get back on the right track. That's why church is so important. These individuals, they came together and they made a covenant covenant of priorities and that as we look study nehemiah 10 we need to be challenged by that and be willing to commit ourselves to following and having the right priorities 
Let's take a moment and have prayer. Lord, I just pray your blessings now. Help each person, help each of us, even today as we think about this, to recommit ourselves at home. Recommit ourselves to being a witness and a servant for you at work. Recommit ourselves to church. Lord, sometimes people have overdone it, but help us, Lord, to be able to commit ourselves to serving you, finding that area, working at it, and honoring you in it. Lord, help us to be able to say no where we need to say no, but to truly say yes where we need to say yes. And Lord, if there's anyone that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, help them today. It's not what we accomplish in church is going to get us to heaven. It's having a relationship with you. It's being able to repent of sin and place our faith in Christ. And so, Lord, may you just allow that to ring true if there's someone listening that doesn't know you and help them to make that decision. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.